thing that they do. And so she builds this crap, and as she's, she's creating from just things that she's finding around, including the trash, because there's like gum and everything, um, is to put this character together. And she created it, and then she's like, she, she named it Forky, and it was like, and then later on, when she brings it from school to the rest of the toys, it comes alive, and, and it's, this, it's this, this, this amalgamation of her imagination that she put together. And the first thing that this character wants to do is just wants to go into the trash. She's like, I'm trash. And, and it is freaking out because it's alive. But it, is like, but it, it, it just keeps going to the trash. And um, Woody, you know, the, the, the famous cowboy, in that, he has to encourage this character, this Forky, to not throw himself in the trash. And, and so it's this, this whole funny thing. But, but me and my wife, we're, we're looking at it through a different set of eyes. We were looking at it like, man, when we think about this character Forky, we think about sometimes the people that we disciple. That a lot of times they don't realize They've been created with such great value and purpose. And sometimes in looking at themselves, they just devalue themselves. And they return back to these old lifestyles and these old things that just degrade and diminish their value. It's kind of like they trash themselves. And it's like when you look at this character, it's like this is, this is what we do in church. We disciple forkies. <clears throat> And like, like, like Woody, we're trying to instill in them and to encourage them, don't live below your potential. Don't live below your gifting. And, and, and just like Woody, is like, but you've been created by somebody who loves you, so that gives you value automatically and spends the rest of the movie trying to give them this revelation. And we do much of the same thing. It's just by virtue of you being created by someone who loves you. His name is... His name, his name is Yahweh, and, and, and he's, he's the Alpha and the Omega, and he took his time in creating you, and he has a joy in your existence. There's more to the, you than you think, and so that's, that's us, but not only is it part of, like, discipleship, but it, the reality, you can look at this sometimes, and we can identify, personally, I can identify with a forky, sometimes looking at myself like, I'm not worth much. I don't think much of myself. I don't see myself as much of anything. And, and so looking at that, it's almost like I can look back at a forky and say, how do I get from that rut of returning back to the things that devalue me more than the things that have to do with my value, have to do with what's inside of me to be lived out? And so, so Woody acted as he acted as an encourager to Forky. Last week, I talked to you about all these different gifts, right? I talked about in Romans. I talked about Ephesians. Um, and I, I talked to you about the different gifts that are in, in the body. And I said there's more than just in these descriptions. There's so many more gifts that are out there. There's craftsmanship and, and all that stuff. And so I encourage you to open up your gift, that when you open up your gift, that other people's gifts become open and you, you, you open up an aspect of heaven to them when you open up that gift because God has put that inside of you, right? So all of us here have a gift and I said, you, now that you know that you have it and now utilize it, open it up. So I, I, I wanted to take a moment though this week to talk about one 
particular gift that's kind of smushed in there with all these other gifts that you can easily go past it if you're not even like, if you're looking for the only the impressive gifts. Like you're looking at the things that, oh, work is a miracle. That's a gift. There's a gift to speak in different languages. And when we get fascinated by those maybe superhero-ish type of gifts, and, and then, but this is one of those gifts that God said, we need to highlight this, especially in the season that, we're, that the, the world is in and, the, and, and where people are at. I want you to highlight this gift that's found in Romans 12, 8. And it's the gift, it says, if your gift is to encourage others, it says, be encouraging. So encouragement is a gift, the gift of encouragement. It's a gift. When you look at the uh, original word, you see that you, if you look at back in the Greek or, or what have you, then you see it's a rendition of paraclete. And paraclete is what they call the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, this word paraclete means when we're given the Holy Spirit or the paraclete or the encourager, if you will. It's, it's someone to come alongside. It's someone to comfort you. It, that, that's encouraging to know that someone's beside you. That's comforting to know that I am not alone. I am not alone in what I'm doing. And, and, and the paraclete of the Holy Spirit speaks to us that I am with you. So the same thing goes for the gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement, when it's done, when we're actually encouraging one another, it lets you know that you're not alone. Take heart. You are not by yourself on this journey. It lets you know that I'm with you. Sometimes that's all we need to know. I don't know about you. It's like, I just want to know that I'm not doing this by myself. And, 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 and like there's, there's people that are with me or at least one person that's by my side. And that's what the Holy Spirit is there. It's your encourager. But also there's this gift of encouragement that's embodied in a person that's similar to the gift or, or the, the personality of the Holy Spirit to say, I'm with you. You are not alone. Encouragement, when it's done well, it refreshes us. And, and, and when sometimes we just need to be refreshed in our journeys. It, it's, encouragement has a way of refreshing us. It has a way of keeping us connected to the heart of God for us. Encouragement. So there's this, there's this person in the Bible that is the spiritual gift is so dominant in this person, so alive in this person. It's this gift that it just, it's, he opened up this gift in this person that the person gets the name son of encouragement. It talks about him in Acts. His name starts with, his, his name is actually Joseph. So his name is Joseph, but he is demonstrating his gift so well they have to give him a nickname. It, it just it strikes me to think about that. It's like, wouldn't it be interesting that you have a birth name, but then you have a spiritual birth name that comes with your gift that as you open it up and live it out, and it's, it's evident all over you, you get, a, you get a nickname along those lines. It doesn't always have to be a title. Maybe it's just something like we hear for Joseph who his name turns to son of encouragement, which is Barnabas. 
His gift was so, like, he was alive with this gift. They said, oh, forget about Joseph. We're nicknaming this guy son of encouragement because he just knows how to come alongside people. He just knows how to comfort people. He just knows, he just, he just, when he is in the place, people just feel refreshed. They feel like they can do anything. They, they don't feel alone. And so the son of encouragement, or Barnabas, we find his name change in Acts 4, 36. So for instance, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles, nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold the field he owned and brought money to the apostle. So fun, some of the first things and activity that we see is that he gets this name, but one of the first things we see him do is that he sells a field, he sells his possessions, and he gives it to the church. He gives it to the mission of the gospel. And, and some of you might um, recognize Barnabas because Barnabas was kind of that, the sidekick of, of uh, the Apostle Paul. And so here's one of the things that God was showing me when it came to this gift of encouragement and why it's so vital in the day and the age that we're living in, or just, just important altogether, is, is God, he's speaking to me that this gift is so extremely important to whomever is opening up their gifts and giving the gift of what's been put in them to the extreme, whatever gift, that could be the prophetic gift, that could be the evangelistic gift, that can be the gift of mercy, the gift of faith, all those things that we ran through. When you're giving your gift to the, to the extreme, then you're going to need the gift of encouragement to the same extreme. Because it can be very lonely to give out your gift and to encourage other people to open up their gifts. So you need a Barnabas or you need the gift of encouragement by your side because that gift refreshes you, that you are not alone, that I am with you because it can be very lonely being a person who demonstrates the spiritual gift. It's not always popular. Everybody doesn't always like it when you're using that gift I find, you know, I talked about it a little last week, the administrative gift uh, that we have um, that, that was identified on my life um, yeah, early on. And so some of this gift, what it, it, it has to it is it's a gift of order. So it can seek disorder and bring order, right? Which is interesting because I'm a creative. And because I'm creative, a lot of times I'm very messy. I just create but then I know I need a canvas or I need boundaries. And so, so I know I, I need both. But so I have this gift of administration that uh, like brings from disorder to order, but this gift of creativity that knows how to take a mess and make a mess. Anyway, it's just, it's just interesting. So uh, why I say that is because it can be very lonely with the gift of administration when you bring order to something because people can be comfortable in their chaos. And you know something is in chaos whenever you bring order because it's the thing that throws a fit. And that can be lonely. 
That can be lonely because you're using your gift because you see chaos in a marriage. You see chaos in finances. You see chaos in relationships. You see chaos in those places. And naturally, you just pick up on some stuff almost intuitively that, man, if you would do this and you would do this and use this, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but that's just, I'm just using my gift. I'm just using the gift of what God has given me and shown me to help you and actually encourage you in some ways, help you along for you to live at a higher level. But then there's pushback because people are comfortable with the chaos. And it can be lonely, so what do you need when you use your gift to the extreme, whether it's the gift of administration or prof prophecy or, or something else? You need the gift of encouragement because encouragement says, I am with you. I am with you. I am for you. So when Barnabas, he demonstrates to the church right away, I am with the church. I am with the advancement of the kingdom. I'm so with it that I'm willing to sell stuff to show you. And, and there's nothing like financial contribution. When you financially contribute to something, man, there's something that says, I believe in you. I believe in this mission. Because you can say you believe, but if you withhold, do you really believe? Do you really trust? Are you really with something? There's something about when you're with somebody. You know, when, when you're first out there and you're courting or dating and the marriage conference is about to come up. When you first, I mean, you just want to give. Finances are not a thing. You're just trying to spend money. You know, and, and be a blessing to that person to say, I'm with you. Uh, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. And so you put your money where your heart is. So Barnabas, with this gift of encouragement, is basically showing through his finances, because finances are tangible evidence that I'm spiritually connected. And he shows it. The first way we see Barnabas as an encourager is it shows up in his encouragement that I'm with this church, I'm with the prosperity and the blessing and the, the, the forward motion of, this, of what God is doing here. I'm going to sell stuff and I'm going to give. I'm spiritually connected. Here's my tangible evidence. And so he shows that. And, and you know, I was just, I, 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 they're not here today, but there's a couple of guys that I thought about that do this really well. There's people that do that here, but I just wanted to bring in some other people that I knew. Uh, they couldn't be here today because they were, um, you know, had other obligations. But, uh, there was this one guy that I was, we, we drove all the way to the camp because uh, he is a business owner, very prosperous, and what he does is he's super generous with his finances. He says, even though, um, you know, he, he makes millions, is I, I, God knows the deal I, we have with each other. And the deal is, as he prospers me, I make sure the kingdom gets prospered. And specifically to urban churches, inner city churches, is what he wants to see prosper. So what, what does that do? I, I just wanted to show you people like that because that's a Barnabas. That's a gift of encouragement. It's not just the gift to give. It's the gift of encouragement because there's nothing like a financial, here you go, keep it going, I am with you, make it happen that encourages somebody that I am not alone, that I'm not believing in stuff that's never going to happen. We need Barnabas, Barnabases in our lives, especially when we're pushing forward the kingdom agenda. When I first got rocked by this gift, is was probably back in Lancaster. Um, you know, we're, we're out there, we're, we're doing ministry with the rescue mission that we were part of. And I sat down with one of the co-workers that were there. And when I, 
she was just asking me questions about just, just different things, the family. They were getting to know us and, and our family. And as she was talking, she was just listening in such a way that she was giving me some feedback. And I left there like so alive. Maybe about a day or two later, I get this card. I was just looking through my mail the other day. I have this folder where I keep like encouragement things because you just need stuff like that. I don't know if you throw away your cards after you get them, but when they are meaningful, I keep them around. So I was just looking. I was like, wow, I remember that. That was the first time I came into contact with this gift of encouragement. Like, that's what they embody. Later on, in, in, um, when we're over, um, actually, her and her husband's house, and me and my wife are over there, you know what they, they, they were just, they, they were listening to the needs that we had. And so we only had, um, I think, one vehicle at that time, and we were just kind of, you know, I, I had to work, she had the, uh, the kids. And they heard this, and behind our back, they got together a couple people in the church, let them know our need, and they said, come on outside with us. Um, just want to show you something after we had a meal and had a great talk. And they showed us a vehicle that they had just bought us, and we were sitting there like, I don't know what to say. My wife knows exactly what to do. She cries, and that's like the thank you. She just, she just weeps, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, what she said, you know. And, and she's like, she's just so, I'm just like, I don't even know what to do. I'm like, what do I owe you? Like, what, what is, like, no, it's a gift. I just like, it just perplexed me, that kind of encouragement for people to go out of their way to put their monies together to say here. And it was like refreshing. It's like, I'm with you. We wanna, we wanna see your family succeed. That gift of encouragement. I, in fact, it's, it's the same place. I was with a camp director and we were having a huddle these are my first contacts with people with the gift of encouragement. And, and so I'm there, and I'm part of this team. I'm new to this whole thing and, and new to the, you know, um, the ministry and what have you. These people have been around each other for a long time. I'm part of a, a team with these other guys, and they say for our uh, assimilation time or our, our training time, one of the things that they did is, hey, we're going to go around and just encourage one another. And so... I'm with this team, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, they don't really know me. Like, what are they going to say? Like, I don't, like, okay, this is cool. I, I'm going to, I see things in them, but I don't know if they see anything in me. We're kind of just getting to know each other. So the one, the one guy, actually, he was the, he was the director over the, the specific department I was in. He just started to share. When he got to me, he started to share. And I'm sitting there like, wow, like, wow, wow. And he just probably went for like two to three minutes of just things that he saw and was so encouraged by. It's not punk stuff, but I did leave later on, and I was kind of weeping, like when my wife weeped when she saw the car. I was just like, what's going on? Why is my eyes, my eyes so sweaty? Um, and, and, and I just, I was weeping. And so why I was so emotional is because I never, up to that point, experience that gift. I, 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 I realized that I had been doing kingdom work and ministry for a long time, and I learned to live without encouragement. I just learned to live without it. I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord. And it was all good, and I was just, I was just happy to do it. But when, when that gift of encouragement came across my life, I was like, everybody needs to experience this. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't have the gift of encouragement. 
I'm so glad for it being out there. Again, because I didn't, I didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up, and, and, and maybe I just learned to live without it. There was other things that were gifted, but the gift of encouragement is not one of my strong gifts. It's so funny. I'm preaching on it, emphasizing on it, but it's like I'm an anorexic when it comes to encouragement. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm just, you know, I'm just like, yeah. Anyway, maybe I shouldn't have used that word, but it. And you, I, I learned to live without it, but didn't mean I didn't need it. And a lot of us learn to live without stuff that doesn't mean that we don't need it. And I, I just, I just, I was like, well, I don't, I, I, I didn't even know this existed. I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know, like, this happened until I experienced it in this, this uh, older gentleman and then my coworker, when I experienced that, I was like, man, I feel like I can do this at a lot better level. I feel like I'm stronger. I feel less alone because that gift of encouragement just felt like a person right alongside you. When they give those, it just felt like I'm with you. I'm championing you. I'm for you. And I think that was key to even breaking the orphan spirit in me. Because a lot of us learn to do things without the need for those types of stuff. And it's an orphan spirit. And, and I learned the blessing of what it is to be part of a family and that some of your siblings have that gift of encouragement. So we don't know. What I find is we don't know how we're doing, like, just by us self-assessing ourselves. I know I'm pretty self-aware, but and, and I think a lot of people are like, I'm self-aware. I, I think I know how I'm doing. I get a good gauge. But the reality, I don't think we fully know how we're doing when we're doing things. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, I just found this, you know, I'm, I'm, this is the time of year of just looking through stuff and, 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 and purging stuff. So um, I, I found something that I felt like, I wonder how many other people are going through this, like what I went through, maybe about, I don't know, uh, probably about eight years back. Here's what I wrote, because I, I like to journal. I haven't done it, like, recently, but um, I like to journal. And, and for this journal entry, I wrote down uh, a list of things that I am not. I said, this is what I'm not. So this is, this is being honest, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this because I think there might be other people that also, I might be the voice inside their head as well. And I put down like what I'm not. Uh, what I'm not, as brave as I would like, as smart as others, as disciplined as I need to be, financially stable, doing what I'm passionate about, exemplifying Christ to my fullest potential, reading enough, I am not fathering well, I'm not being the best husband, I'm not honoring to my parents, I'm not certain about my future. I am not established in my faith. I am not content in my condition. I am not lovable at times and likable at other times. And that was just a list. I could have kept going, but I got too depressed. But I was just like. <laughs> so, so that was, that was maybe eight years back. And, and, and I share that because I think there's a lot of us that are more aware of what we're not. And then, and then I put what I need to be. 
an inspiration to mankind, or what I want to be. What I want to be is an inspiration to mankind, a godly influence to the world, the ultimate father to my kids, the best husband to my wife, a fulfiller of dreams. So those are, like, I think in a, a lot of us, we want to be these things, but we look at all the things that we are not, and it makes it just feel, it can just let discouragement come in. Just discourage, just like, I'm so, I'm not so many things. And then you look at the things you want to be, and I'm like, I'm so far from being those things. And, and, and most of us um, probably didn't hear anything encouraging in our upbringing. I know it was really scarce in my upbringing that you've actually heard things that encouraged you in what you have inside, and things that you didn't notice until the father, the mother, the sibling, the cousin, the teacher said something and brought out in you this encouragement. So a lot of us learn, like me, how to live without it and don't know what it looks like or what it feels like. And, and maybe when you hear a little bit of it from somebody else or get a little affirmation, you go all crazy and, and you, you, know, you weep and cry like me, like a sissy, just because we're so starved for it. And how much we need it, especially if we're going to be people who express those gifts, we need encouragement because encouragement's a refresher. Encouragement actually repairs like super glue things that are broken. It mends things. It brings things back together. It's, uh, it mends relationships. It's an encourager. What I've observed is, um, or I, this is, could be observation or hacks. What I've observed in the gift of people with the gift of encouragement or hack if you want to be better at encouragement is this. You ready? It's just two things. Affirm the obvious. Did you get that? Affirm the obvious because just because it's obvious to you what's in that other person does not mean it's obvious to them. And 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 and, and and real talk, a lot of people actually withhold affirming people or encouraging people because they think the other person already knows that. But what I've observed is that encouragers are those with the gift of encouragement actually state the obvious thing. But they just do it in a way that's warm. They do it in a way that's genuine. It's just like, it's so obvious. You know, it's like, it's probably so obvious that they're great dressers. The, 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 it's so obvious that that person just has a great way of articulating a thought. It's just so obvious that they just are so good at praying. I wish I could pray like that. It's just so obvious. You know, you think all those things, but what I've found is that those who demonstrate their gift and give it out sometimes overlook the obvious and don't see those things and don't see that whatever, you're fathering well. You're an awesome husband. Man, you are, you, you, are, you are an inspiration to me. Like, whatever it is, that they don't see those things. That's why I think God put Paul and Barnabas together. I think God paired them together is because he knew the apostle Paul was going to be such an extreme gift to others and pull out the gift in others to so many people that he needed to put an encourager next to him. And not just any encourager, a encourager that knew how to financially give, a encourager that was at the top of their game. Put that guy next to it because Paul is going to be so exasperated because of all the gifts that he's pouring out and all the people that he's leveling up. So I needed the gift of encouragement 
Not just the gift, the person who embodies it. I mean, that's his name, encouragement. To be next to him because as much as he pours out, he's going to feel alone. As much as he pours out and gives his gift, he's going to feel like, he's going to feel exhausted. He's, he's going to be discouraged along the way because of the way that people sometimes respond to his unique methods on how he does things. So I need to put a Barnabas next to him. Because Barnabas is going to just kind of whisper in his ear once in a while. Put his hand around his shoulder once in a while. And say, Paul, you're effective. Paul, you're doing it. Paul, God is using you mightily. All those things that you think the Apostle Paul just knew intuitively and knowing how outside of time, I believe the reason why Paul and Barnabas were paired together is because God knew that if the Apostle Paul was going to make it, he's going to need an encourager by his side. That gift, that gift that we think is so underrated, is so unappreciated. We're going after other gifts, right? We're going after, give me, give me a prophetic word. Let me be that gift. Let me be this powerhouse intercessor. Let me be this apostolic whatever. You know, we want those larger than life gifts. But I think what we're needing in our day and age with the discouragement that can be all around us is the gift of encouragement. Man, to unlock that gift can refresh so many people, especially when you're pioneering at the forefront of something. You need that gift of encouragement. So affirm the obvious is the first thing I have for you, right? Affirm the obvious. That's a hack. That's easy. You can look around, and you can probably, in a couple seconds, a couple, couple minutes of talking to somebody, you can see something that's obvious on them, and you just affirm it. It says, if you refresh others, you will be refresh. So if you want encouragement, I want to be encouraged. I want to be encouraged. Maybe you can start with encouraging others, being a refreshment to others, and you'll be encouraged. And then the second thing is, after affirming the obvious, is to be what I call double present. And you guys are doing a fantastic job of being that right now, but sometimes, oftentimes in church, you'll see, and I'll look out there, and I can see you. You're, you're, sometimes people are on their phones, so they're present in one sense, in one dimension, but they're not double present. They're not, they, they, they're physically, but they're that, not there emotionally. They're not there mentally. They're not there spiritually. And so I, and not only in church, but I'm talking about when you're with other people, when you're at the house, when you're around people, people don't know how to be double present anymore. They're always somewhere else. You're present in body, but you're spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, you're checked out. You're not even in that moment. And something that can be just bring double or bring encouragement is for you to be double present because the second level of presence is I'm locked into what you're saying. I'm locked into what's happening now. I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm, I'm attentive to what's happening, attentive to maybe your, your, your body posture or your body language when you're saying what you're saying. And so now I know what I can say to you to encourage you based on being double present. Because sometimes you just sing, just one person, and you don't realize, you ever, I don't know, some people are like, man, I never knew my cousin was struggling with that. I never knew my brother was struggling with that. I never knew my uncle was struggling with that. And next thing you know, something happens in their life, and you're like, you were totally oblivious. I think sometimes it's because we're not present present. 
And if you're present, present, you never know if you had a word to encourage them that will talk them off of the ledge, something to speak to them that will help them to reframe their thought process. Because all you have to do is be double present because we don't even realize how many people are discouraged and they're hiding in their devices and they're hiding in all those media outlets and they're really depressed and discouraged inside. They're finding themselves and comparing themselves to all these other things. But if they were double present, and if we were double present for them, we would be able to help them with the gift that they are, what they have inside of them, what God has shown us about that individual. To be double present can be really encouraging to people. That's what I've known. I, when I first experienced that encouragement thing, I noticed that person wasn't just sitting there. That person was listening. That person was attentive. That person can repeat back to me what I just said to them. That's being double present, and that's encouraging. That says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I hear you. There's, there may be a bunch of other things happening in my world, but right now, you're my focus. That's a good remedy. That spirit of encouragement, that's a good remedy to a lot of our anxiety, our loneliness, feeling like we're by ourselves. We especially need it if we're giving out the gifts. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage, therefore, encourage and build one another up just as you're already doing. This is Paul's, Paul probably getting this from his sidekick, Barnabas, saying, guys, keep encouraging one another. Don't stop affirming the obvious. Don't stop being double present, affirm each other, encourage one another because the day is coming and the days are short and he's coming back and a lot of people are exhausted. A lot of people are giving up. A lot of people don't know what to do and you encouraging one another will bring us back into a place of refreshment where we feel like we can keep going and not grow so spiritually weary. Just pouring out, helping other people, but encouragement fills us back up. You know who needed this? This, 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 and, and, and they needed so much they would go to the mountain to get it? Moses? Why, why do you think he was going to the mountain all the time? He's le leading all these people. And after a while, it's like, it's so discouraging. I'm just going to go to the mountain and meet with, meet with God. I need some encouragement. I need to, to be filled. And, and God would affirm him there and, and bless him there. So Moses needed it. And, and you could see what happened towards the tail end of them getting into the promised land. He got so discouraged, he hit a rock, couldn't go in. Just discouraged. He's like, how long am I going to be with these people? I've been interceding for them. Also. And he gets so discouraged that he can't even. So a, a moment of discouragement kind of ousted him. What, what if he had an encourager around him? What if he had, besides God encouraging him, affirming him, what if he had an encourager with him? What that would look like? Elijah, where he, he would go to the mountain too. Why? Because he needed encouragement. He's like, I'm like the only one left. Remember that? And where does he go? He goes to a mountain. He just goes to a mountain. He's like, I need to hear from God. I need to connect it. But even as he's hearing from God, God says, that's not enough for you just to hear from me and hear my whispers and do my works. I need you to do this in the journey with others. Let me give you an encourager. His name is Elisha. Right now he's with his father. He's, 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 with a wealth, he's from a wealthy family. And so what, is it, what does Elisha do? He gives up all his wealth to go and come alongside Elijah. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. But he, he, he needed to be refreshed and he would go to the mountain. Jesus needed encouragement. 
He would oftentimes, where he would go, he would escape the mountain. He would get away from the, 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 the ministry and the politics and the religion and the stuff that he was doing in the world. And he's just like, I just need to be with my father for a little bit. But oftentimes, who would he bring with him? He would bring three of his disciples with him. What were they responsible? Pray, pray, pray with me, stay with me, be with me. I just need you to be with me. This is, this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh that still needs a physical conduit, a vessel to use that. And so you bring him with him oftentimes because he just needed encouragement. Why? Because he's pouring out. He's using his gifts to the extreme. He's leveling people up. He needs to be refreshing. He'd go to the mountain. There was one time where he really needed encouragement. So not only were James, John, and Peter there, Moses and Elijah were there. Why? Because they were there to encourage him. They were there to encourage him. Before Jesus goes into his ministry, after he's baptized by John the Baptist, what does he say? This is my son who I won't please. What were those words? That was encouragement. What does he hear when he gets to that mountain with Moses and Elijah present, James, Peter, John present? What does he hear? This is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. He, he, just, he just came to encourage. He brought Moses and Elijah because they know what it was to need encouragement when you're extremely pouring out and you're trying to do something to deliver mankind. He brought some guys who knew what it felt like, knew what it was needed, and brought them right beside Jesus in that time with the Mount of Transfiguration. What is he, he, after he goes down, what does he experience? The world. He experiences the discouragement. He goes, how long am I going to be with you that you don't have faith? And like nobody could heal this man's son. He needs encouragement. We need encouragement. Discouragement, we'll experience that all around us. And what, you know when you're discouraged? Here's how you know. You stop caring. You don't care no more. The things that you used to care about and be passionate about, you don't care. How do you know? You stop giving. You can tell when somebody's not with you and they're, they're like, I'm done. You stop giving. You stop trying. I'm just not going to try no more. Those are all signs that you are discouraged. Maybe you've given out your gift. Maybe you've done some stuff. Maybe a past experience has happened and you just experienced life and people in a certain way. And as a result of that, you've just don't realize your soul is sick with discouragement. And that's why encouragement is needed for people like us because you, you, you shut down your gift. You shut down what you contribute. You rob people from the blessing of who you can be by you not caring, by you not giving, by you not investing. That's why Jesus said, I need to get away as, as often as possible to be refreshed. If not, then this thing can get challenging. That's why Paul needed a Barnabas. And we all need a Barnabas in our lives so we can continue to care. We can continue to serve. You can tell when people are discouraged because they stop serving. Those are all signs of discouragement. I want to give you the encouragement of Joshua. God had to encourage Joshua because of the work he was calling Joshua to do. And I see all of you out here as there's a work in front of you to do something awesome with the gift that you have inside of you. And maybe you don't have the gift of encouragement on your life. You can still encourage. And maybe you haven't experienced it like me, like you, you hadn't experienced the gift of encouragement at all. 
So you are starting to feel the fatigue that discouragement brings when you're giving so much out to your family, when you're giving so much out to people. And like Forky, <laughs> they're clueless. They're clueless to what they're doing and saying and how they're behaving. And you're just, you're, you're doing these things. You're, you're pouring out and you're just like, why do I even try? Because look at how they respond. Why do I even give? Because this is what they do with my gift. Why do I even serve? No one even thanks me or notices me. And all those things that discouragement does to cause you to withdraw. And maybe that's some of the people we need to pray against, that spirit of assassination, because the spirit of assassination will come against your gift. Even those who are mature in the Lord, when you stop serving and giving, you're, something's being assassinated from your life. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Subscribe to our podcast and social media outlets to be kept up to date with everything going on at In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia.